I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. One of my friends stupidly drove a car here today. Yeah, which is clear. I'm watching him drink right now. He's going to regret the decision. Um, Is it a rental? (laughs) Yeah, it's a rental. And is he yeah. rich? Yeah. Yeah, that, that car ain't getting back. Uh, someone's going to get paid. <laughs> someone's going to get paid to take that bad boy back to the airport. Well, and then I also have a friend of mine, Hyatt, in the car with me. He wanted to join us mm. for the segment. He wanted him to get some points. This is Jeffrey. He's been on the show before. I believe, mm-hmm. he's the, I believe he was the voice of uh, Mark at one point during the pandemic. Yeah, you're wow. whatever, whatever we called your alter ego. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he wanted to get some points across about this Michigan-Washington mm. game as well. But, no, the scene right now, I'll say this. There's going to be a lot of Michigan fans at this game. Uh, I, I've seen, there's some Washington fans here, but they are dwarfed by, uh, by Michigan fans. Like, it's not even close. Um, like, when I, was, when I landed at the Houston airport this morning, uh, you know, I saw, like, maybe five Washington fans, and I saw probably 100 Michigan fans. Yeah, like, most exactly. people are saying 70-30. I don't know how they know at this point, right? Like how I, you know what I mean? Like I it makes all the sense in the world to me that Michigan's going to have more more fans because like I don't know, just like look at A, it's the big house versus Husky Stadium. Like one sells well, out 100,000 every single week. Like it's it just it's I don't know. It just well, it would not surprise me, but I just don't know how we I don't know how they get those projections early. Well, and I think the other interesting part of this is that the weather here is pretty questionable. It's like really windy. There's like thunderstorms there. Like I switched. I was supposed to land, you know, Jeffrey at like 150. And on Saturday night, when I saw the forecast, I was like, I, I was worried about my flight getting delayed because there's thunderstorms. And we've heard from people today, like they're redirecting some flights that were supposed to land in Houston. They've been redirecting them to Austin. Well, I know because, I know one of Michigan's most famous alumni. I'm sure all the journo uh, are big fans of him. The Michigan Dailies, one of their favorite. Dave Portnoy, he was stuck in Miami, but I, good news, the, the flight took off. Okay, there we go. So Portnoy will be here. Yeah, um, but it's been. Do we know uh, is Brady going to be there? I don't know. That's a good question. It's not in person and spirit. One hundred percent. That's my friend Hyatt. Um, all right, Hyatt. I want to hear these points. Okay. Let's start to where. Well, hang on, hang on. I gotta ask this one first. How do we feel about Michigan alum Shefty? I'm just saying, there's a lot of chatter right now on the pregame show about Harbaugh, Harbaugh to the NFL, and Shefty's not exactly putting it down. Because it's true, but who cares? We're in the <laughs> national championship. Like, talk if, if you want to. I love how Hyatt <laughs> also has a better radio voice than any of us. Hey, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and Dennis, just give, be on the, be on the <laughs> yeah, heads just up. I'm going to do my best uh, <laughs> to not get dubbed. But, I mean, honestly, that's probably true. Who cares? We're favored in the national championship. Like, so I, you guys are going to want to cut me off because I can go for hours. But what no, I'm no, go ahead. Is I'm not going to tell you the game analysis. We know it. We prepare for offenses like this every year. It's similar to Ohio State's. So we match up well there. We're going to be able to run up the ball down their throats. We know that, too. There are two things that I want to focus on. One, which terrifies me, if you talk to anyone, myself included, around these parts, it's like, what's your feeling here? We've gotten our face kicked in in big games for over a decade. I can tell you to a, to a man, every single person is wildly confident about this game. I just, I, no one understands, one, how the line is only four and a half. All the fancy stats say bigger. We match up well. 
I don't understand what's going on. And two, it's this is that type of team. And I think one thing that's one of the best, better points I've heard today that I totally agree with is you listen to the players get interviewed, and the Washington players get interviewed. They're like, hey, we're just happy to be here. It's been a, it's been a wonderful season. Like, we're just proud of everyone. No, Michigan, fan, Michigan players are like, we have a job to do, and the job's not done. And the mindset difference is astounding. It's almost it's, – it's men getting ready to approach – what I what I I'm about to call mm-hmm. a little bro. Yeah. Like this it's it's we have the talent difference. We have I think the approach is gonna be an advantage for us. And I think this mindset thing and I hate talking head hyperbole. I never bring this stuff up. I think that is a real difference in this game. It's one thing. Two things just on the general state of college football. It's easy to be down on college football just with what's going on, et cetera. One thing that I'd love to point out and that I just keep mm-hmm. saying is you asked me five years ago, does Michigan, would Michigan ever be in a national championship, let alone favored in a national championship? It was just we were playing a different game than everyone else. And that's what it felt like, at least the, the big boys that were in these national championships. And I think it's worth focusing on what NIL and the transfer portal has done. It's reawakened classic programs that can now compete who didn't want to cheat and throw massive amounts. Mm, of yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. How, 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 how did Chuck Woodson find his way to Michigan? <laughs> I mean, it was a different type. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah of course, yeah. But it's, it's funny that you have to go back 25 years, right? Like, he, we weren't doing it to the extent that others were. And well, yeah, you're the, the record showed. The other day. But to, to try to claim that we were giving the same amount of money that other schools were is just false. And now this is leveling the playing field again. And I think makes it so fun to not watch the same old teams play. And if they make it like Alabama, even though they shouldn't have been it, we can stomp their faces. It's, it's back to back – to, uh, Pre-BCS. Things fun. are good now that Michigan well, can win. The yeah, I was going to say, it's, I, I like how the Michigan uh, perspective is, yes, this is a fair <laughs> system as long as we're winning. That seems to be the, that seems to be the logic. Jeez, that sounds, sounds fair pretty, to me. Sounds, sounds fair to me. Yeah, I think that's what this country was built how, on. How happy is Michigan that they got to play Alabama with Jalen Milrow instead of Georgia? I, I mean, sure. You can make. I'm glad we didn't have to play. Uh, we wouldn't have had to. Cheap. But that's the thing. We wouldn't yeah. have had to play Georgia. Yeah. Georgia would have been the two seed if they beat Alabama. Yeah. We were or the one seed. Probably. I would say this though. Are y'all not a little? I'm sensing, and Mark can probably. Mark would probably have a better sense of this than than Hyatt. But doesn't this feel a lot like the Eagles at the Super Bowl this year, where they thought they were going to win, and on the other side, the other side has the better quarterback? Like I know y'all y'all aren't really used to seeing good quarterback play. McCarthy is not the better quarterback in this game. Oh, not at all. No, I, but I but I would argue they have three NFL they, receivers. They have the better receivers and the better quarterback. And I know their offensive line is considered the best offensive line. No, in the no, no. I, Mich, Mich, I, this they is haven't the played a D, they haven't played a D line like like I think Michigan is better at every other position besides quarterback and wide yeah. receiver yeah. and. Um, it to me, it's Michigan doesn't. If Michigan gets a lead early, I think that's huge to me because then they can really play their style of football. They can because like the key to this is they got to ground, they got to ground and pound Washington. They got to you know they got to beat. They got give them a little taste of Big Ten football before well, they I, join. I think that's an important point. Having only six days for this is a huge advantage for Michigan. So you just line up and play non-scheme football, I think non-like super complex scheme football, Michigan was better prepared for this matchup just going into it and didn't have to put too many tweaks. I think the stuff we're about to throw at Penix, sure, uh, they, they could have schemed up better, better looks, but the fact that they only had six days, I think it's a fantastic advantage for Michigan. Well, I think the, I don't know, kind of the way that it, it feels like whatever the score is at the end of the first quarter, I'll be able to tell you how the game's going to go because – it does feel like Michigan is the type of team that can hold the ball away from Washington. Like, the closest we saw to someone doing that was what Oregon State did to them, and Michigan's going to be doing it with a billion times better players than Oregon State was trying to do it. And, you know, I, I don't know. I, I, I do just wonder. It's like I've kind of looked at, like, the, the CFP championship games. All right, if you look at it this way, 2014, Ohio State just had a better roster and beat Oregon. 2015, Alabama had better big people. Clemson had the better quarterback, but Alabama wins. The next year, Clemson gets them because they kind of, you know, they, 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 got, they got the game more to their liking. Then you get Alabama uh, with Tua coming in at the half, 
better passing game wins. 2018, Clemson, Alabama. Clemson kills them with Trevor and, and the receivers, so better passing game wins. 2019, LSU, better passing game beats Clemson. 2020 was the Alabama team. I don't even know. Like, that was just such a bloodbath. Who, but it's still, I would say, better passing game. And then the last two years has been Georgia over Alabama and TCU, better big people. I don't know. Just to me, like, it really boils down to, does this become a game of which team throws it better? Because if that's the case, I like Washington. But we've seen plenty of other examples where it never even gets to that. I just think, I just think Michigan is more versatile in that, like, if it becomes a shootout, I don't think that precludes Michigan from winning. No, but are you telling me y'all don't in the back of your mind, y'all have just forgotten the TCU game last year where it did become a shootout and Michigan would have been fine except McCarthy threw like four touchdowns to the other team. played their worst game of the year. It was, it was a horrible game plan and we threw two pick sixes and, and turned the ball over on their one. Yeah. Like that's a big, so if that happens, we'll lose. Yeah. Like I, I don't think that's the right corollary and I would actually argue if, I don't think the first quarter will show this game. I think we have, because we've been preparing for an Ohio State-style offense, which this is, all year, we're going to have adju- ready-made adjustments that we can make. And if they go down the field and score quickly, we can make adjustments. I don't think they can adjust to what our offense is going to do to them, where we just pound them in the teeth. Do whatever you want. We're going to pound you in the teeth. So I'm actually, I actually, I know a lot no, of No, but I'm saying, like, if, if Michigan's up 14 nothing, like, go ahead and write the trophy. Like, that's what I, like, if, if Michigan gets a, a two-touchdown lead, I really think they're going to be able to just sit on it. I think if they get it, if Washington gets the two-touchdown lead, I don't, my takeaway is not this game is over. I, no, I, I agree. Yeah, if Washington gets a two-touchdown lead, I think that doesn't take, that doesn't take Michigan out of the game plan. But if it's 14 nothing Michigan after the first quarter, I know which way I'm betting. And that would be Michigan's going to win comfortably. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I mean, not to not to be rude here, but you, you're going to bet on the favorite if they've got a two touchdown lead. Way to go! Out no, no, that's when you start. That's when you start looking for the all. No, last year you can ask Mark. I there was not a bet with Georgia and TCU that they offered that I didn't take. Like it, I just kept I kept betting because yeah. I was like, "There's this is just." But I I also think Washington is better than TCU was. Yeah, so that's fine. One thing that I would say, which I think is kind of what I was saying earlier with that TCU game, is TCU was like, we're happy to be here. We're playing with house money. Where Georgia's like, let's do this again. This feels similar. I, I think Washington's way better than TCU. This feels similar from that perspective. Nor- once again, normally I don't think that matters. I think the mindset of this team is just different than anything I've ever seen at Michigan, and the approach feels a little different, too, from both teams. Listen, it, let's just be real. It's hard. I think it's Harbaugh's last game, and I think they. And I think, and it's not to the team. It's not to the program's detriment in the sense that like there's this Paul hanging over the team or anything. I legitimately think that you know, like it's a motivating thing. Like it's his last game. This is the end of like a three year journey for a lot of these guys. Mm. Michigan, yeah, and or five or six, yeah, or five or six, and you know, frankly, like. You know, with the way this all came together, with COVID years, with the guys coming back, like, you know, part of the reason I'm here, part of the reason we're all here is like, I don't know when this is going to happen again. You know? Is there not any concern, though, that what if, like, God is out there and he's like, you know what? Cheating's not going to win. He's going to put his foot down. Well, I would hope God would wait Mm -hmm. for the investigation to be complete (laughs) before he would. But it it is complete. Judgment, Jeffrey. All right. The, invest- the NCAA is still invest. They haven't even interviewed the Michigan coaching staff. We've been busy trying to make the national championship. Mm-hmm. Has anyone you know? seen Connor Stallions? Uh, Not yet. There's We're- a non-zero chance he shows up on our. Oh, uh, no, no. There's a okay. I say there's a hundred percent chance he's going to be there. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. we're hoping to get him at our tailgate. I, he, I think he's going to show up at our tailgate. Like I'm pretty confident in that. I think in a weird roundabout way, it's good to be Connor Stallions right now, right? So, uh, I don't good. Get... I'd be good. No, okay, be you have to, you have to, you have to accept the fact that you're Connor Stallions. But like right now, that guy can't. He, will, go... he has etched his name in Michigan lore. But, I'll give him that. But he, more importantly, that guy cannot go to like any Michigan game he goes to. That guy's not buying a drink for once. That's not true. And he, he's despised <laughs> by the a rational part of our fan base. There's a tiny part. Yeah, but there's plenty of – my thing is you can just avoid – you just avoid the, the highfalutin fans, and then you go to, like, hey, where's the – like, where, where are the sidewalk Michigan fans? Those guys those guys will take care of me. I, I guess. I, like, 
I don't get the sense that the Michigan fan base thinks, and I'm I'm curious if you actually think this, what he did was actually helped Michigan. Um, like, I we, we've talked about this before. Yeah, I, think Mark I, I, I think this. I think the sign thing was like just so over, like over the top, and like my problem with it is, all right, if I'm worried that a team's got my signs, you know what I'm doing? I'm changing my signs. But it was you're more. Wristband on. You're doing what a seven year old would do. Yeah, yeah. like it's. It, but it does go to show like the absurdity of college football coaches. That like if you if you take away my ability to put a sign up so I can change the play at the line of scrimmage, and I can't do that and scheme it up. Um, I'm gonna like cry. Like that, that's like I told Mark. Like wait, one of my. One of our old coaches. Go ahead, sorry. One of our old coaches, Mike, in between my junior and senior year, he got a job at another school and became the head coach. When we played them the next year, we just changed our signs. Like you know what I mean? Like duh. So so back to what we were saying. I think most Michigan fans realize that, and so it's not like, hey, you did us a huge solid good work. It's like you actually didn't do shit and brought this. Come on, got one. Nailed it. Uh, We're good. We're good. Continue. I, the over-under is still a lot higher. Yeah, yeah no, no, no. We're good. No, we're crushing the uh, under right now. And it's like, why did you – like, this team's incredible. We love this team. Why do we have to focus on this other crap? You're the cause of this. And people who know him, he still doesn't get it. This guy is in, on his own planet. Like, he, Yeah, but doesn't that make sense? Like, when, when, you, when you, like, read that profile, like, the, was the Wall Street Journal profile, it's like – yeah, no, that makes all the sense in the world. That's exactly who that guy would be. The guy yeah. that, like, does a secret sign-stealing operation. Like, yeah, no, that that fits. Like, that's a character that would fit. Correct. Yeah. No, it, all that fits. And I think most Michigan fans realize that. The 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 quote-unquote Walmart Wolverines may, maybe don't. But the ones who are here, this is these are alums who are crazy people. Myself included, Mark included. <laughs> I don't know if I'm as crazy as you, though. Is there not a little part of y'all that's scared of McCarthy? What? No. Um, it, I I feel like he he doesn't want to let he doesn't want to let Harbaugh down. Yeah, but the problem is his his arm is not like it's one thing to want to. I agree. Listen, Jeffrey, you know as well. I've talked about it many times. I'm not a great big McCarthy fan. Like I don't think he's that good. But what he has shown a penchant for doing, he did it in the Alabama game when they've needed a drive the last two years. The guy makes throws. Like he does, he makes some bonehead. He does some bonehead. Well, let's stuff. let's go to that. Okay, number he one, he th- the the throw to Corum was like that was just scheme. I give I, that's more. I give the sideline credit for that. They're like, hey, if we motion, he's going to be wide open. Flip it to him. The biggest throw of the game almost got knocked down. Okay, that's one game. What about the Ohio State game? He threw some bullets two years in a row. The Ohio State game this the Ohio State get the Ohio State game this year the best throw he made was that one right behind it was like off the play action right off the ear the defender didn't even turn his head that was a great throw last year though last year though was wide open like scheme shot plays like so the big ones were he he made a lot of good throws in those and the throws across the middle like this guy throws does really well throwing across the middle so I like that one throw at the beginning of the game I think was. Uh, who knows? But I think it was five weeks of uh, five weeks of buildup, and he did have a panic attack. I think yeah. we have enough evidence to not be as worried about that. This kid shows up and makes big boy throws. And frankly, he was making a lot of good throws, even in that third quarter. His receivers weren't helping him out. There were bad ones. But at the end of the day, you just look at his yards per attempt. He had a pretty good day against a nasty Alabama pass defense. Yeah. Uh, I just, I don't know. There's something... I feel like you've seen bad quarterback play for so long that you've talked yourself into this guy's really good when I don't believe it. But right, if they well, win the Natty, we'll have this conversation again, and yeah. then we can. But see, I think if you'll win the Natty, like it's this will be the revisiting conversation. If y'all win the Natty, and he's the reason, then I owe everyone an apology. Like that, that I'm fine with. If I think the way that y'all win tonight is by not putting it in his hands. But I actually disagree. So what my guess is going to be, we were talking about this earlier. The headline is, we will dominate them on offense in the trenches. We'll run down their throw. My strong guess is it's a, strong guess. It's a game okay. plan where they pack the box and are like, McCarthy beat us. And that's actually exactly how, what I think is going to happen. So my, I would guess the first two drives. So they, kinda, so they didn't really do that against Texas. 
with Texas, uh, what they did with Texas, kind of what they did was they played two safeties back, and right, they yeah. were like, like, please run it, please run it, because we think. Here's the difference, though. I think they knew if you tell Sart keep running it, keep exactly. running it, he'll be like, no, I'm going to throw it because you want me to run it. Exactly. If you tell Harbaugh keep running it, he's like, thank God. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I just, let, let me get my cleats on. Like, I want to run the football. Yeah, he's got a tattoo to his forehead. Correct. Like, you're not, not going to do that Jedi mind trick. Though. Correct. Yeah. Like, there's one but team I that think- I have all the confidence in the world that will not stop trying to run the football. It's Michigan. I mean, yeah, we didn't run the ball the whole second half in Penn State. All right, Correct. so we know how we know how me and Hyatt are are kind of handicapping this game. Jeffrey, what do you think? Am I going to be leaving this stadium? So, celebrating would you like my notes game? from today? Sure. Quote: My mind is in a pretzel. Uh, usually in college football, the team with the best big people wins. That would be Michigan. Like I think it's very clear both sides of the ball. Michigan has the best big people, and I really honestly don't think it's that close. I think Washington's offensive line is pretty good, but I think their defensive line is basically one player. So I'm very much like that's pro-Michigan. But to me, it's like the great equalizer in any level of football is the quarterback in the passing game, and I don't think it's any question how much better they are. Okay. But like, if you look at it this way, the favorite is four and five in the CFP era, but then if you go back, if you go back to BCS, the BCS era, y'all are like the favorites, like thirty and ten, and okay. like the thirty times they win, like twenty three of them they've covered. So it's almost like if you really believe in your heart of hearts, Michigan's going to win. You should just lay the number, and then if you really think Washington's getting undervalued, you should take the money line. Okay. All right. I would just my last point, mm-hmm. which I don't know has been talked about enough, is what we've done to Ohio State's offenses the last three years. And you go back two years, I think that was one of the best offenses in the history of college. Yeah, football. but Kalen DeBoer's a thousand times better coach than than Crying Day. I, so, I, so holistically, yes. Offensively, I'm not positive. I'm not a Ryan Day guy. Mark can yeah. Mark can content. I, I I think he is like. He wants to. He's the, t- the. It's so perfect that the sign stealing, the whole thing breaks down this year because he's the ultimate coach of. I just want to tell my quarterback where to throw it. Uh, Ryan Day or Ryan, Ryan Day. Day? No, DeBoer. Yeah. DeBoer teaches like that's the thing. Yeah. The reason why I struggle with Penix in like the draft is I fell in love with Jake Hayner for the same reasons. Like DeBoer has a great system. He teaches his guys like here's where, like here's how you read the field and let it rip. But that's a very different offense than crying day. Okay, interesting. Yeah, I, it's okay. You know more than me. That I think. I think. I think. I think Michigan's winning by two scores. I do too. I will say the other thing that's given me a hang up is a lot of, a lot of Michigan confidence. That's no, it. yeah, that's no, even us to hang up. Yeah, no, it's true. It's true. And what I'll say this also, I just want to add. Now that I'm here. We need to take Houston out of these big event rotations. <laughs> like, it's, it's too spread out. There's nothing around. It's, like, hard to get to the stadium. It takes forever from wherever you are to There's get to the stadium. Here. Yeah, they're, like, rerouting flights to yeah. Austin today because, like, thank God I changed my flight to an early morning flight. Like, you know, Yeah, I, I got news for you, buddy. Houston ain't getting out of that business. Like, that stadium that you're going to go in was specifically yeah. built to, like, Whatever the checklist of you've got to have a stadium that does this, this, and this, they will always do that, that, and that to make sure that they get to host. Like they, I think you're having the same complaint everyone has. Like They've had what? Final Four, Super Bowl, Mania? Is there a big event yeah. they haven't had? I don't know. But I, all I know that I would much rather be like Dallas or Indianapolis or New Orleans or even like Phoenix or Phoenix is kind of similar dynamic. Though. Arlington's not that great, except the stadium. Like the, there is something still fun about Jerry's World, but like Arlington's not super convenient. Yeah, but at least there's stuff around it. There's like no stuff around. You got place. the world famous Astrodome right there. I know that is true. That is true. I did check that off the list. I've now seen the outside of the Astrodome. Correct. I said to the Uber driver, "Oh man, it's still standing." That was that was my comment. I want to give one quick anecdote that might be reflective of the mm-hmm. fans, how nice we are, is we got here, there's this poor one man walking through the parking lot with his little, like, vendor stand, very casually walking through, 
Four cop these cops look have were way too armored. They're insane. You are in four Texas, Hyatt. Surrounded him, two on SUVs, and they created this whole kerfuffle. The extent we couldn't see through. I'm pretty sure they hogtied this poor man and brought <laughs> him out. Like they're not messing around here, and they want someone to get up at him. Oh yeah, but I mean, like that's you know that's Texas, baby. That's Texas. I, I don't feel comfortable. Don't mess with Texas. Uh, my dad weighed in. Y'all want his score prediction? Okay, go ahead. Michigan 41, Washington 17. And that's a man that thinks if you don't play football in the SEC, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Before we go, I wanted to weigh in on the mm. Mikey Williams. Please. By the, the floor is all yours. Um, I, can't, I can't believe he's entering the transfer portal. Really? No, well, no, I, you know, from that perspective of like, yes, he's been flaky and he's made bad decisions all along the way. But like, after what? After the way Penny Hardaway stuck his neck out, sticking by him through all of this. Hold on, you thought this was the moment that Mikey Williams was all of a sudden going to grow a conscience and get loyal? I don't know, man. It was just. I, I just, oh, no, 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 seriously, like, seriously. You really did think like, oh, this guy's for sure. Like this guy for sure will. I also just think it's a bad decision. What major program is going to take a chance on him? Well, who says he's going to play college basketball? He seems to think so. But he seems to be. He's. I get the sense Mikey Williams is just a. Mikey Williams likes being recruited. Yeah. Well, I I give uh, a lot of credit to Penny for sticking by him. He Penny played this the right way. Ultimately, I don't think I would be. Here's what I say. I'd be shocked if Memphis regrets him le- him going somewhere else. Ultimately, like. I, I'll be surprised if he. Oh, I a thousand percent agree with you like on that. Yeah, like totally. A college basketball star, and a year or two from now, you go, man, I wish he was on Memphis. I'd be, I'd be surprised if that happens. I think I'd be surprised if he plays college basketball. I think that's, I think that's a, that's a decent uh, observation as well. Um, it feels like. Uh, you know, I mean, I'll hey, be honest. You know, what it feels like to me, somebody's trying to get another payday. Well, and I also think he wants to play. You know, I think Memphis has said, you know, we want to see you. This is, again, me speculating, but my guess is Memphis has said, we want to see you complete this whole thing. Like, we're not going to let you in until next year, you know? And whether he plays this season, I'd be I'd be stunned by that. But he probably wants to, if he's going to play college ball, probably wants to be enrolled come April and, you know, get his NIL money, so to speak. And um, But uh, nonetheless, it was, uh, I, I don't know. It just feels like another bad decision by him. That's, uh, it feels like not a good decision. Yeah, I think I would make the argument, though. Show me the part where you're like, you know what? This guy's making good decisions. No, I know. You're right. You're right. No, it's honestly, it's probably for Memphis, it's ultimately like good riddance, ultimately. It was probably going to be more trouble than it was worth. Yeah, I, I, I think I go back to your point that I, the one I definitely agree with is, I think for Memphis, it's bullet dodged. Yeah. And yeah. it's bullet dodged. And also, there is now an actually a universe where, like, hey, man, we did everything we could. Yeah, no, no, no. I think Penny comes out looking, smelling like roses and all this. He, like, he, he can both sell the recruits, like, I stood by this guy. You know, like, look, I'm a player's coach. I stood by this guy. And then he can also... You know, he also doesn't have to deal with, like, what was going to be, you know, ultimately, maybe Mikey Williams is a great player, and it would offset the distraction sort of his notoriety would cause. But there's no doubt that his notoriety would cause some distractions whenever he joined the program or, frankly, whatever program he joins. His notoriety is going to cause a distraction. And the question is, will his talent, will his skill supersede all of that? Yeah, my guess is no. Because I think, like, there's no question, like, he's talented. But to actually rise above that type of fame that you're talking about, you basically have to be, like, a top five pick. And he's clearly not that. Like, if you look at, look at even the freshmen that Memphis have had, like, the high-level freshmen. Like, it hasn't, it hasn't just been, like, come in and, like, star since day one. Yeah, no, it's going to be. 
Um, it'll be interesting. All right, Jeffrey, I got to get back to this tailgate. I'm missing too much. Well, gotta... so what? What? What's the entertainment here? I'm watching. I'm watching on ESPN, and it, I got to say, it looks like the acts that they've got are not going to be Michigan acts. Yeah, well, we're not. I mean, this is like you know, we're drinking. There's like 140 people at this tailgate. It's like a pretty big tailgate. And, and Connor uh, Stallions. And co- maybe Connor Stallions too, um, but. I need to get back to it. I haven't seen these. I'm here for 24 hours. i got to go see these people. Yeah, God forbid you do your job. All right. <laughs> well, thanks for holding it down. I'll, I'll be in. I'm supposed to land. Like I'm, I'll be back by 10 a.m. tomorrow. So uh, I'll be able to relive, hopefully, a Michigan win on air tomorrow. Yeah, I haven't quite decided what I'm rooting for. All right, buddy. Enjoy it. New customers right now over at FanDuel. Get started with $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. That's right. Place a $5 bet. If you win, that's great. If you don't win, either way, you get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed. All you have to do is place that first $5 bet. Go to FanDuel.com slash Calkins, C-A-L-K-I-N-S. That's the promo code to unlock this special offer. FanDuel.com slash Calkins. Must be 21 or older and present in Tennessee. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call Tennessee Redline 1-800-889-9789. Wendy's new breakfast two-for-three-dollar biggie bundles let you create your own delicious combo. Choose from a sausage biscuit, egg and cheese biscuit, small seasoned potatoes, and a medium hot coffee. But it's obvious which combo's the best. Sausage biscuit and small seasoned potatoes. Well, maybe it's the fresh cracked egg and cheese biscuit with a medium hot coffee. Or or two savory sausage biscuits. Yeah, whichever you pick, you can't go wrong. Choose wisely. Choose Wendy's new two for three dollar biggie bundles. Limited time only. U.S. price of participation may vary. Not valid in a combo. Single item at regular price. Giannato and Jeffrey broadcast live from the Red River Toyota Studios. Check out Red River Toyota in Wynn, Arkansas. This hour of G&J is brought to you by the Next Generation 10G Network, only from Xfinity. The Giannato and Jeffrey Show on 92.9 FM ESPN. Jason Munns is the Tiger basketball beat writer for the Commercial Appeal. You can follow him on Twitter on X at Munsley. Joins us each and every Monday. Munns, what are we listening to? Jeffrey, this is Break the Glass by the Great Super Chunk. What year is this, roughly? It's like within the last 10 years. Uh, Super Chunk's been around for a very long time. They're a uh, well, well um, storied uh, group out of the out of North Carolina. Okay. Um, yeah, they've been around for a long time, uh, and and they're just they're not like mainstream or anything. Though they're like a classic indie uh sort of power pop uh garagey type uh type outfit um they're wonderful that, that song's off that song's off the album what a time to be alive good energy there for a monday i guess yeah what a time to be alive all right so we just briefly talked about it with mark to the best of your understanding we know that Mikey Williams and J.J. Taylor have entered into the transfer portal. I know you've spoken with Mikey's dad, but if you could lay it out for the listening audience and myself, like, <laughs> what all happened today? And, like, how did we get here? Yeah, so this has kind of been trending in this direction for a little bit. I started hearing uh, uh, rumblings about this um, after uh, last week, okay. uh, toward the end of last week. Um, and basically, you know, everybody knows obviously, um, that JJ Taylor has been, has not been with the team for the last four games that he was suspended prior to the Vanderbilt game on December 23rd. Um, that's not necessarily what this is about. I know there's a lot of people who are like thinking that because he was suspended and because Penny said he was still serving his suspension after last night's game, um, that, you know, there, some people were drawing conclusions that maybe Mikey decided, oh, well, if you're going to treat my you know, guy, my that guy way, like yeah. that, yeah, then then this is over, and that's not the case at all. Um, this this has sort of been brewing, uh, like I said, for a little bit. And while I do believe that JJ and Mikey still are motivated to. Uh, be a package deal. I don't. I do not believe that um, 
the JJ situation has anything to do with the Mikey situation. Now, we don't know yet exactly what sort of, you know, like you, you can, there are certain things, anything we say at this point is going to be speculation because Mikey's father did not uh, reveal anything to me other than um, to say that this has nothing to do with anything at, you know, any, anything or anybody at the University of Memphis. He made that very clear. He said this has nothing to do with the University of Memphis and everything to do with Mikey simply wanting a fresh start, wanting to sort of start over, wipe the slate clean. It, a lot has happened in the last nine, ten months for Mikey Williams, and he just very plainly stated that they want to uh, – just sort of like re-engage this process and see where it leads. He, 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 he called it due diligence is what he called it. And so, you know, if you believe that, and I have no reason not to, um, and, and maybe we'll talk about this later, but yeah, he's in the transfer portal, but that doesn't necessarily, you know, we're not, we're not quite, nobody's quite ready to say that that, hundred percent means he's going somewhere else uh, at this particular point in time. So when they say they want to do their due diligence, does this just mean they want to restart the recruiting process? That's kind yeah. of where, that's where I've been confused. Yep. That's exactly what he said. Um, that they, you know, want to open it back up and see where it leads basically. And see, you know, what uh, opportunities may present themselves um, and it may, again, it, it may come, it, you know, we may get to a point where they survey the field and, you know, determine that Memphis is still the right place for them. But, uh, you know, we don't know yet. We don't know yet exactly, uh, obviously, how that's going to play out. And, and, again, we don't know, you know, I mean, we could sit here and speculate all day. We could, we could be like, you know, did the university tell Mikey and his camp something that has led him to want to look elsewhere? We don't know. We're, we're, we're waiting. You know, I've, I've put in requests for, uh, for, for interviews and for comment um, from uh, university officials and have not yet received uh uh anything like that um so but you know i I guess that's possible that you know the university went through their process that they said they were going to go through back in early december to determine how they were going to move forward now that the circumstance you know when, when mikey reached his plea agreement and all that stuff um it's entirely possible that they decided you know that they went to mikey and said something that he didn't like uh, about a timeline, I don't know, uh, but it's possible. And if that's, you know, if, if that happened, then maybe he said, okay, well, I got to start reevaluating some things. But again, uh, his dad didn't didn't go into super uh, specifics other than to say we want to reopen the recruiting, and it doesn't have anything to do with anything that happened in Memphis. Yeah, I mean, I think. Right, the first question is, is there a triggering event? Right. And, you know, the triggering event could have come from their side, could have come from the Memphis side, whatnot. It's like, is there a triggering event? If we don't have an answer to that, I guess my next question would be, do we get a sense of how active in the re-recruitment process Memphis is going to be? Uh, my gut tells me that they're going to be pretty active. Okay. Um, that's 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 what I can say on that. Because the like the then the next question I'd have is like, okay, you could you could actually talk me into it's nothing you know too drastic. It's just as simple as is he trying to play this year? Yes, yes, no, yes. Like that that was I mean. When I talked to his uncle, who is also his manager, uh, Pat McCain, 
And Randy Grossman, the member of his legal team who kind of came in and saved the day um, late uh, in the process, they made it very clear, uh, and this was back in what, December 1st, December 2nd, that they wanted, that that Mikey was very motivated and, and was still very motivated to get somewhere where he could play this season. Um, you know, they were also very realistic though, as well, uh, in my conversations with both of those gentlemen, they, they were also very realistic and seemed to, you know, understand that that might not happen and that they would, you know, like, uh, react accordingly. Um, so, but yes, I, I, I believe that he does want to get on the court this season, but I don't know that that alone is why he is entering the transfer portal. If that makes any sense. Yeah. Because like on the one hand, it's like, I can see where something pretty nondescript, which is, Hey, you know, we still want you a part of the program. We just don't think it's going to happen this year. Like, and yeah. that, you know what I mean? Like that's, that's fairly innocuous. That's not mean. And then, if your goal is to, well, no, I mean, I want to play this year. Like, I can see where there's a, a parting of the ways. I guess the confusion for me actually stems from, like, okay, they can say all the things, like, we're realistic, we're realistic. Like, are we really at a point, like, January 8th, like, he, this guy could still, I guess, theoretically, what, he could still find a home and roll somewhere. Second semester hasn't started. But, like, man, that that feels like... I mean, wasn't he yeah. technically enrolled at Memphis? Yes, yes, he was. Um, and and you know, I mean, I I don't know that he is going, and I'm not sure they know whether, like, if he does transfer somewhere else. Like, does Memphis have to sign off on that? Say what? Does Memphis have to sign off on that? I mean, I guess not, right? Because he wasn't technically on scholarship. No, well. I mean, I don't know how that would work out, but, um, you know, because he was, he, he is on the roster and he was enrolled. Um, he was not on scholarship and is not on scholarship. So I, I don't know, you know, the, the, the ins and outs, uh, of that part of it. Um, but yes, I, I do think that. Yeah. I don't know. I don't, that's, that's a good question. I, I, my clarification on that. Again, I've been out of it for a little bit, but my understanding used to always be they could prevent you. If you were on scholarship, they could make it difficult for you. But if you weren't yeah. on scholarship, you you didn't, you know what I mean? Like it was kind of, uh, now I suppose where they could make it potentially difficult is, you know, how much academic coursework has he done? Right. Like, I, I do wonder, can you just transfer and be eligible in January? Like, I, I would imagine if you're enrolled, you would have had to make some sort of progress academically, but like that's kind of where I get iffy on. I don't really know the mechanics of all that, but right, right. it does seem to me like if you're not on scholarship, I think that limits that limits what Memphis could potentially do. But I, based on what you're telling me, like I don't even get the sense that that's something that they would actually like attempt. Yeah, and I mean the other question you have to ask is like whatever he was doing. Um, whatever coursework he was doing, are those credits transferable to yep. wherever you're deciding to go? And, you know, did you, again, like, do, do we, we don't even know. <laughs> well, we're also um, in the era of, like, does that even matter? <laughs> yeah. I have yeah, no idea. No, that's, a, that's, that's a great point. So there's still a lot of, uh, a lot of stuff to be um, determined. And, uh, but what we do know is that, um, Mikey is is entering the transfer portal, and uh, he is going to entertain uh, other opportunities. Okay, before I move on, is there anything that I've missed in this? Uh, no, I don't think so. I think, uh, I mean, the, the one thing that I find pretty interesting at this point is my gut tells me that Memphis is perfectly fine with JJ Taylor going into the transfer portal and going somewhere else. Um, I'm not so sure that they're perfectly fine with Mikey. Yeah. uh, With losing Mikey. Uh, 
but I think they're a package deal. I still think they are a package deal. So if Memphis isn't interested in J.J. Taylor coming back, how might that affect? Yeah, how much does that limit your ability to get to to get involved in the re recruitment? Yeah, I don't. I don't. You know, that's we'll see. Uh, we'll see. Maybe 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 my gut is wrong. Maybe Memphis. Um, uh, you know, if 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 it means if if it's both or neither, maybe they sort of you know come to some sort of. Uh, uh, you know, meet in the middle type of thing, yeah. but but yeah, I, I just I I think that like anything else, uh, this is going to be a a developing story for a while. We are talking, of course, with Jason Munns, Tiger basketball beat writer for the Commercial Appeal. Go follow him on Twitter on X at Munsley. All right, let's get to yesterday. So I'd mentioned this to Jeff, and admittedly, um. This is nothing more than just how I felt watching the two games. So I'm not here to say that one feeling was correct, one was incorrect. In the end, they're 2-0. I weirdly felt better about yesterday's thrilling, thrilling Javon Quinterly make and win than I did Thursday's game. And I understand, like, the result is basically the same. It wasn't a blowout win. You win by three. And and moving on, but weirdly, like I just I thought, given the travel issues that they had on Thursday, getting back into, excuse me, into Friday, I think SMU is a better basketball team, and yep. the fact that they played on Tuesday, like I I, I don't think that they were going to have you know I to me like that was a ripe spot for SMU to kind of punch you in the mouth, and the fact that they did take the punch and they were able to respond, and and. and have the second half they did, I just left myself feeling better about that win than I did on Thursdays. Is that an appropriate response, or do you think that it's kind of neither here nor there? No, that's where I'm at on it, actually. Um, I mean, let's not also forget that uh, Naquan Tomlin uh, fouled out after just 14 minutes, and so you, you, you finished things off without who the player who might be your... It, you know, third best player, second best, second, third best you player. You can talk me into the universe where he's the second best player. Yeah. Um, so, like, you know, you did it uh, most of the way without him. Uh, you were down. The, you know that that was the second largest deficit that they faced all season. The only other the only other uh, game where they have faced a larger deficit was Villanova. And, yeah, I, uh, I'd mentioned to Jeff, like, on the one hand, the the fact that SMU like I don't I don't want to act like okay SMU was a world beater you came back and beat them because the fact that SMU given the way that first half developed the fact they couldn't put them away gave me confidence that Memphis could come back and do it because like I think if, if SMU just instead of going two for fourteen from three in the first half let's say they go five for fourteen is Memphis able yeah. to come back from that game like I, I don't know but they didn't and th- and that's how the game went but I did think like. If SMU would have shot the basketball better, we could have been in another Villanova situation. Yeah, I mean for sure. Um, and if Jalen Young hadn't come in and been the yeah. uh, stopper, if you will, um, I mean there was a stretch where nobody could touch him on the floor, where it seemed like everything he was doing was the right thing. You know, he scored a couple of baskets, he assisted on a three pointer on a big three pointer from Jaquan Walton. He took a charge, um, he blocked a shot. And this is all kind of late-ish in the first half when it was a 15-point deficit and they got it down to eight, uh, largely thanks to a bunch of stuff that Jalen Young did. But, um, but no, I, back to your point earlier, I, like, I mean, it, I haven't reported this anywhere, but I talked to uh, uh, Jonathan Pierre before the game on Sunday, and you know we were just kind of talking about the, the, all the issues they had getting out of Tulsa and back to Memphis. Um, if anybody doesn't know, they were scheduled to leave, obviously, right after the game, and they didn't end up leaving until uh, that was – so, you know, you're, you're looking at like 11, 11.30 Thursday night, leaving Tulsa, getting to Memphis shortly after midnight, and they didn't get back. They didn't leave Tulsa until like 12.30 or 1 o'clock p.m. Friday afternoon uh, and then had to turn around and play SMU 48 hours later. Um, and so I was talking to, to Jonathan Pierre, and he was telling me, 
like they all went to sleep. They all got on the plane in Tulsa and went to sleep. And basically the plane just like taxied around for quite a while. And then around two o'clock they woke everybody up and said, okay, uh, get on the bus. And Jonathan said they all thought they were in Memphis and they surprise. (laughs) Yeah. Well, they, they get on the bus and they start heading toward the hotel that they found and not until they got to the hotel did they did most of the players even realize they were still in Tulsa. Like even after they got off the plane, they didn't realize they were still in Tulsa. So it, I mean, it, you know, it was between that and the Caleb Mills stuff that happened on Thursday, yeah. and it, 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 the fact that I mean, this is a resilient bunch. I think if anything showed, you know, if anything uh, was proven uh, yesterday, it's that this team's pretty resilient, and. Um, and you're right. No, I mean, SMU is no slouch. Rob Lanier is a Rick Barnes, uh, you know, kind of disciple. He's part of the Rick Barnes tree. And uh, he, he had him he had him playing with that sort of M.O. And uh, and Memphis was able to was able to uh, come away with the win. We're now a full week into conference play. They're two and And to me, like I look at it this way, it's like, OK, were these, you know, two great performances that inspire, you know, tons and tons of confidence? Probably not. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, but at the same time, to your point, they flashed the graphic up yesterday. Uh, I know you were you were on the you were on the sideline, but the ESPN flashes the graphic up. They were seven and one in games decided by six points or fewer. They win yesterday. They're now eight and one. So this team yeah. does does have that ability to, you know, figure it out late game. I think the problem, though, that I'm having is it's not even Memphis. It's not the league. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. 